The first lesson, which is also the sermon text from Deuteronomy chapter 33. Moses said to the Israelites, There is no one like the God of Jeshurun who rides through the heavens to help you. In his majesty, he rides through the clouds. The everlasting God is a dwelling place, and his eternal arms are under you. He drove out the enemy in front of you, and he said, Destroy. So Israel settled down in safety. Jacob dwelt in security in a land of grain and fresh wine. And yes, its heavens dropped down dew. How blessed are you, O Israel! Who is like you? You are a people saved by the Lord, the shield who gives you help, the sword who gives you majesty. Your enemies will come cringing before you, and you will trample on their high places. The word of the Lord. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. When was the last time you had to go ahead without someone you love? This time of year, a lot of young people are graduating from high school and colleges, and at those graduation ceremonies, many of them will have to say goodbye to people they have grown very close to over the last four years, and then they have to go forward into their next stage in life without those friends that they've grown to love. And of course, just a few months after that, a lot of those graduates will be packing up, leaving home for the first time. Their mom and dad are going to have to go forward without seeing the child they love, at least every day. Maybe for you, it was more drastic than a farewell party or a graduation ceremony. Maybe it was beside the hospital bed of someone you loved that it dawned on you. Now I have to go ahead in life without my husband or without my mother. And of course, the more you love a person, the more you rely on that person, the harder it is to go ahead without them. It can be a very scary idea if you care for someone very deeply, if you rely on them very heavily, the thought of not having them around. Now, if you have ever had to do that because someone you loved moved out or moved on or moved up to heaven, then you should be able to relate pretty easily to what the Israelites were feeling during the farewell sermon of their leader. Because for the past 40 years, this nation of Israel has been wandering around back and forth outside of the beautiful land that God promised would be theirs. But now finally, after 40 years of wandering, the Israelites are right there on the doorstep of that promised land, and they are about to take it by force. They are about to invade. So this nation of Israel is about to move forward into the next stage of its existence, its life as a nation. But it's going to have to do that without someone they love, because God is about to take their longtime leader Moses away from them. And you might think, oh, come on. How big of a deal is that, really? Moses is just a man, right? He's old, and everybody's got to die sometime, and, and God can give the Israelites another leader. And that's all true up to a point. Moses is just flesh and blood, and he is really old, and God can give Israel another leader, and he will, another good one named Joshua. But it's also true that the Israelites love Moses, He's the one who parted the Red Sea for them so that they could escape from slavery in Egypt. He's the one who climbed Mount Sinai and came back down with the commands of the Lord. 
Moses was their general, too. He led them to underdog victories in battle after battle after battle against their enemies. And Moses is the only leader that this generation of Israel has ever known. So although the Israelites have made Moses' life generally miserable <coughs> with their nonstop whinging and moaning, they do love him. And now they are going to have to go ahead in their lives without him. And if you've ever had to do that, I'm sure you understand how they're feeling. And if you can relate to what the Israelites are going through, then you should also understand what Jesus' disciples are feeling. If you fast forward in time, 14 centuries, to that mountaintop where the disciples have just watched Jesus be lifted up and then hidden by a cloud, they rely, <coughs> they rely on Jesus for everything, as they should. He's their teacher. He's their best friend. He is their savior and their source of life. And now, he's gone. They can't see him anymore. Can you imagine how sad the disciples must be? Can you imagine how worried the disciples must be about what's going to happen to them now. Why? Just listen. Just listen to how distressed, how full of anxiety the disciples are after Jesus ascends. They worshiped God and returned to Jerusalem with great joy, and they stayed continually at the temple, praising God. What's wrong with these people? How can the departure of their Savior and their best friend fill the disciples with joy and make them want to worship the Lord nonstop. Shouldn't these people be stressing about what's going to happen to them now? Shouldn't they be fearful of what the future holds? How can having someone they love leave them, fill them with joy and worshipful hearts? To get the answer to that, you have to rewind again about 14 centuries. Back to Moses and the Israelites because... Before God took Moses away from them, Moses made the Israelites some wonderful promises that actually come from God himself. He told the Israelites that even though he was leaving, their Lord would still be with them. These are promises that tell you that even if you have to go ahead in life without someone you admire, without someone you love, you can still go forward in your life joyfully, Worshiping God, because even if a person leaves you, God is still with you. And Christians often say this, God is with us. And that's true, for sure. But what Moses says in these verses tells you, there's a lot more to it than that. God is not just with you. He is all around you. He's above you. There is no one like the God of Jeshua, and that's just a nickname for Israel who rides through the heavens to help you. In his majesty, he rides through the clouds. God is above us, riding on the heavens. There is nothing that happens in this world that he does not at least allow. And he guides and controls everything, even the bad things, for the ultimate good of the people who love him. God is above us with his power. He's all around us. He's with us. He's above us. He's also underneath us. The everlasting God is a dwelling place, and his eternal arms are under you. When you think of a person holding another person, maybe one of the first images that would come to mind would be a mother 
cradling and protecting her baby. And that is what God does for us, his children, throughout our lives in this world. And even when we feel like we are all alone and there is no one there to support us and hold us up, God still has those arms underneath us. And if we ever doubt that, all we have to do is look down the length of his arms and see the nail marks through the hands that are holding us. And remember, that's how much God loves you. That he stretched out the eternal arms of God to be nailed to a cross to bring you back to him. And those arms are underneath you every moment of your life. God is all around us. He's with us. He's above us with his power. He's underneath us, supporting us with his love. And he is out ahead of us with his victory. He drove out the enemy ahead of you, and he said, destroy. The shield who gives you help, the sword who gives you majesty, your enemies will come cringing before you, and you will trample on their high places. If God does allow evil and trouble into your life, it will not be more than you and he together can handle. And because he has conquered your spiritual enemies, because he has defeated Satan and driven your sins away from you and conquered death, you will one day live with no evil at all. God is all around us, above us, beneath us, and in front of us. So, even if you have to go forward in your life without someone you love, you never go ahead without your God. He is always all around you. If everybody else leaves you, he is still your God of power who is cruising on the clouds of heaven. If everybody else is gone, he is still your God of love with his arms underneath you. Even if you are physically all alone, he is still out ahead of you with his victory. Now back to that question we asked before. On the day of Jesus' ascension, how can the disciples actually be full of joy and worship when their Savior disappears from their eyes? The answer is really pretty simple. The disciples know who Jesus is. They know that he is true God. He is the one who rides on the clouds with his, with his power for them. He is the one who is holding them up with his arms of love. And he is the one who has taken out all of their spiritual enemies. And so the disciples know that Jesus is just as much with them and for them as he was when they could see him. That's what fills the disciples with so much joy. And that's what makes the disciples so strong and so courageous as they serve the Lord from that day forward. You want to know how seriously the disciples took this reality that even though they couldn't see him, Jesus was still all around them. When their own lives were threatened for proclaiming the message of forgiveness in Christ, they just kept right on going because they knew that Jesus was going to protect them for as long as he saw fit, and when the day came for them to give their lives, Jesus would still be all around them, except now in his heavenly kingdom. And then, of course, there's the other side of the spectrum. You know, even though Moses made the Israelites those amazing promises that even after he was gone, the Lord would still be all around them, for the most part throughout their history, Israel just did not live in that promise. They were not joyful. They didn't serve God courageously or any other way, for that matter, because for the most part, they just didn't believe it, and they lived like people who had nothing above them, nothing beneath them, and nothing ahead of them. So, 
Which one are you more like? The disciples or the Israelites? Hopefully, we are more like the disciples more often than not. But I think we would all also agree that because we can't see God's presence with our eyes and we can't feel it with our hands, sometimes it is very challenging to live in the promise that God is all around us all the time. So today we ask the Holy Spirit to help us listen to these words, to take them to heart and live in them. How blessed are you, O Israel, who is like you, you are a people saved by the Lord. See, when God makes someone that promise and they believe it, they live like nobody else. Even if everything and everyone else is gone, they still go ahead in joy. They still go ahead in service to God because they know he is still surrounding them. God makes you that promise today that although your Savior has ascended, he did not ascend to leave you alone. Not only is he still with you, he is still riding the clouds of heaven with his power for you. He is still holding you up in his loving arms, and he is still ahead of you with his eternal victory. That promise is yours. Live joyfully and serve God boldly. Amen.